Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathbun. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part of making movies. Hey, everybody. We are on Minute 9 of the Beetlejuice Minute, where we dissect Tim Burton's Beetlejuice movie minute by minute. And our special guest this week is Mr. Chris Taylor. Hi, I'm Chris Taylor. Uh, I'm a lumberjack. I don't know. I decided to be something okay? different today. Huh? Are you okay? Uh, a lumberjack, and I am okay, but I'm afraid of wood, so I'm not very good at my job. Uh, no, I'm sometimes writer and lover of movies. You also have an extensive movies. Star Wars collection of I, Oh my god, I have... And turtles. Oh, don't get me started. Do you have any... Oh, do you have any Beetlejuice items? Uh, I do. I actually... No, he's missing his head, and that's the problem. Because I was actually going to bring... I actually have one of the Kenner Beetlejuice action figures from the old Beetlejuice toy line, and I was going to bring it and have it, because... I don't know if you can tell, but I have, like, hand things where I like to play with things. And um, so I keep on – that's why I do my Tim Burton impression. But uh, I was going to bring it just to have something to fiddle with, but I couldn't find his head. Because their heads for those old toys were removable, and they had, like, a little shrunken head kind of thing underneath. Oh, and so, so the one that I have is missing his head. It's probably at my parents' house somewhere. Which um, – It was uh, the shish kebab figure. So he's wearing, like, a purple suit, mm. and he's got things – all through him, or sores that go through him. Uh, nice. And um, but <laughs> well, missing his head, that kind of fits with the, mm-hmm. with the whole aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It does. I almost well, that the head that's in it is uh, like the the little head is just an eyeball, so it looks very strange. I, I might bring it, like you know, next week or something. Um, when we invite you back for another. Yes, yeah. whenever. <laughs> After I replaced Barry for bringing a video of Ghost Hawaiian again. <laughs> but uh, I almost actually did bring uh, a Batman Returns uh, Bruce Wayne figure just to be like, look, Michael Keaton figure form. Or a Lamont Cranston figure from the Shadow of the Toy line. Ah, yes. Because Alec Baldwin. But the thing is, with specifically with those, back then toys, they did not really look like yeah, the characters. They were based on like storyboard artwork and things like that. I remember so, with the, having a few of the shadow toys. Yeah, so it does not look like Alec Baldwin. The, the, the Michael Keaton one actually looks like Michael Keaton mm-hmm. for the Bruce Wayne figure, but Alec Baldwin, I would put him on the table and be like, guess who this is? And y'all be like, a, a, a James Bond knockoff. We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta see these. All right. I'll bring them. <laughs> I don't think Gina Davis has gotten an action figure. Mm, she has. Oh. They might have done one uh, for a Nico line uh, in the mid 2000s. Uh, but it would it wouldn't have been her face. They they did the uh, the later on the monster versions. So oh, they had an Adam figure, and I think they had a Barbara figure too. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, monsterified. Okay. Girl power. All right. I so, <laughs> who wants to start today? Well, uh, well, it starts with. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's, that's my job. So it starts with them upside down in the river. And then it ends with them freaked out by the fireplace. Freaked out. So this is where we go from sweet, happy, jaunty Maitlands to 
something's not quite right. Yeah, they're not as freaked out as uh, as I would be if my hand caught fire. <laughs> We're jumping really way like... ahead. Let's start with the <laughs> upside down in water. <laughs> well, we only see that for like a minute before the I'll dog looks at his handiwork. He see, triumphantly barks. That dog is so the opposite of Lassie. He would have been fired. <laughs> he would have never made it past the first day of shooting on Lassie. Maybe, maybe that's what Beetlejuice goes for. Why they needed a Lassie ghost to go with the Beetlejuice ghost. So there would be a Lassie ghost and a Beetlejuice ghost. Wait, say that again? Oh, I said that's maybe that's what they would have needed. That's what the, the, what they didn't break for Beetlejuice Ghost Hawaiian. They needed, like, they have the Beetlejuice dog, and then they have, like, you know, Lassie, anti, a Lassie dog. So maybe they needed a Lassie ghost to go with Beetlejuice as a ghost. Like an, a, an all-around perfect one. Like how he had the brother in the cartoon, and, like, that was perfect. By the end of of the entire Beetlejuice Minute podcast, Chris will have written an entirely new show. We already have Tim Burton's Burton's new nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So, awesome. There was a Barbara figure, by the way. That's what I was just looking at. So there was, like, for Nika in the mid-2000s. So if we know that at the end of the show they could be there for, like, eternity, like... Did I just go Valley Girl and everybody? Like, like eternity. Um, eternity, um, going, getting their paperwork done. I find it kind of interesting that when they walk back, as Barry, you just said, not that freaked out but soaking wet, the cuckoo clock says it's 12.30. So in less than nine movie minutes, we've gone from 6.45 a.m. to noon, noon 30? Noon 30. Um, but uh, so apparently if you have paperwork to be done in the afterlife... It either takes your whole life in eternity or six hours. Hmm. Something to think about. <laughs> Thinking about whenever the car first sunk, and or whenever we see it in the shot mm-hmm. sinking, and I was listening to the score, and it's kind of cool because watching this movie early on, this was before like Tim Burton had like tropes that you know people would look at things and be like, oh, it's just a, like the black, red, and red, red, black, red, and white, black, red, and white color scheme that was just in the movie it wasn't necessarily a Tim Burton thing yet it was just that's how people dressed and things like that's just what the colors are and so it's kind of cool hearing some of the Danny Elfman music and being like ah this is just Danny Elfman's peculiar music not this is Tim Burton's score in everything now (laughs) (laughs) ooh speaking of music I love the fireplace I know Chris earlier said it was kind of weird but you get the fireplace shot you get the, it's almost like um, organ music. Oh, it's, an organ. it's an organ. And a really low angle. Oh, there's even a chime. It's like an organ mm-hmm. and a chime. A really low angle, um, an extreme close-up that makes the two wing-back chairs almost look like monoliths on either side. <laughs> and then the fire lights. And we know something's wrong. But we don't know what yet. Well, then we get the, the exterior shot of the house, and then you really know something. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> oh, that's some weather. What is that? El Nino? El Nino? <laughs> what gives you a red sky like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, anytime you know, the soundtrack goes, dun, dun, that means something. That's not a pleasant thing to have. You hear that in real life, you probably should run. <laughs> reevaluate your life. <laughs> you should run and leave whatever building you're in mm-hmm. immediately. And again, Unless there's a red sky, then I don't know where you go. <laughs> yeah, then you're just then you're out of luck. Yeah. Maybe you're dead already at that point. Yeah, maybe. But I did I did like that like Barry pointed out that in the script that uh, Barbara originally injured her arm in the wreck. Because mm-hmm. that's something I, I noticed that I thought was very strange is that 
he says, whenever they first get in the house, he says, how's your arm? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know, it feels frozen. And because I was like, that's very peculiar because they never bring it up again right. throughout the movie. I mean, but once they realize, okay, we're ghosts, they, they, there's no reason to bring up, how's your arm? Still frozen, guess it's going to feel like that forever. You know, so <laughs> it's not a big deal. Or maybe whenever, once it lit on fire, maybe that's whenever it warmed up so it no longer felt frozen. I don't know. Either that, As- or she couldn't feel it because, you know, her arm was dead. So so the arm is like double dead then. A note, as a former screenwriter, I I sometimes joke that I'm a retired screenwriter. So um, there was one script that I wrote, ironically, or maybe not so ironically, um, and it happened to be my version of a Tim Burton movie, but it went through so many different iterations, and it had all these things. He had like webbed fingers and all these other things. And when you read it now... The web fingers are gone, but you'll notice things in the script like um, there's a poster for the creature from the Black Lagoon. There's like all these little <laughs> hints, although the whole thing with the web fingers is gone, the hints remain. Mm. So it's fun to see the hints remaining from what Barry tells us was in the script versus <laughs> what we're seeing. Oh, and you could almost make out the I Break for Animals bumper sticker too. When I yes, was singing, I finally noticed. Which was awesome. And yeah, you. I, it's, a I think, little, it's a fun little visual gag. I kind of wish they could have actually not like done like a close up shot of it, mm. but maybe like just had the shot cropped a little bit closer so you could make it out. Well, I mean, on like digital now, you probably could have with the shot yeah. as it is, but back, like with film, you don't get quite that high of resolution. So I, I kind of wish you could have seen it, especially I bet you after could it starts sinking. Screen, I bet you could. It's just on a TV <laughs> yeah. and on you know the Fantasy. standard def or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be uh, one of those whenever they do those classic movie series type thing why haven't mm-hmm. they done Beetlejuice that would be that would be amazing well I think Alamo Drafthouse is going to plug uh, well we we don't have one of those here <laughs> no. in southwest Louisiana plug to get one here <laughs> hear that Alamo Drafthouse <laughs> you're wanted you're wanted here Alamo Drafthouse Alamo Drafthouse Alamo 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 it didn't work uh, and we didn't summon Alec Baldwin earlier either. <laughs> we we kind of suck at conjuring things, don't we? Yeah, I gotta work. Watch this. I'm gonna try like Candyman or Biggie Smalls, and that's gonna end up working. So. Oh god, <laughs> that'll be my luck. Oh please don't. <laughs> I don't know. Tony Todd seems like a cool guy. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, wh- why were you in Candyman three? He'll be like, what are you talking about? What Candyman three? Be like, very good, sir. Exactly. <laughs> Can we like stay to the Stay Puffs Marshmallow Man? I'd much prefer that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Barry's looking up at the ceiling. Do I, do I hear, do I hear footsteps? <laughs> uh, I tried to leave my mind blank. Okay, that's a totally different movie, <laughs> different, different podcast. podcast. So, um, did you see anything interesting in the script? Barry? Um, that's just, I mean, there's a little bit more about uh, better. Uh, you know, there's a little bit more. Uh, although Adam does think that they don't survive, that they didn't survive the crash. Yeah, so that in the minute? Yeah. Oh, okay. And she just kind of, oh, we're home in her own house. I'll make coffee. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, there's no place like. <laughs> so he, says, he says that before their hands light on fire. Uh, yes. In the script. Oh, yes. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder if he's feeling numb too. I wonder if he can feel his arm. Uh, doesn't really say much about the that. In the script. Yeah. Well, what does it say about the arm in the script? How's your arm still feels frozen or something like that? Is, it, is that basically the same? Uh, yeah. She's uh, like, it's a mangled mess. How's your arm? I'm not sure it feels dot, 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 frozen. 
and yeah, one hand catches on fire before they the light. Well, that's okay, I would have been more freaked out too by my hand catching on fire. Yeah. They're not nearly as freaked out as you would think. No. And in, in the script, she just says, "Oh, Adam," with a period. <laughs> like, oh, darn the luck! My hand's on fire again. Do you think that's because she can't feel it? Also, maybe. Well, no, you still able to see it. I mean, maybe she was trying to get his attention, be like, oh, Adam? <laughs> oh, Adam. Oh, there you go. So it's all in the delivery, is it not? But I, I do think in our, you know, conjuring ideas for a Beetlejuice musical, Tim Burton's new nightmare, goes Hawaiian, whatever thing, I now want the fire to be a character in the musical, or this whatever it is. A fire dance, Tim Burton, the fire, No, the fire, fire should be, number. the fire should be a friendly ghost to them. Because I just, well, because what I like is that, and it's not, I think the fire was like to show, show oh, this is the first thing to, yeah. it, it is supposed to be the first sign that, oh my God, something's wrong, something is that her wrong. finger's not on fire. But remember, it's right after she says it feels frozen. Mm-hmm. So what if the fire's like, hey, fellow, I'm going to light that up for you, make you feel better. That's what the fire would sound like, <laughs> The too. fire sounds just like hey! that. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, tr- don't trust that Beetlejuice, fella. But they never <laughs> listen to the fire. Because he's just a fire. What do you no know, a fire? We don't know where you keep your brain. I've been told not to trust things that I can't know where they, I don't know where they keep their brain. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, my mother never told me that growing up as a child. <laughs> That's because so you're a muggle, so. <laughs> so you listen. <laughs> I have powers. I have powers. And on that note... I could never record a podcast by myself. It would be the strangest mess ever. I think I'd be hilarious. I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear that podcast, actually. We, you know, if we decide to have, like, a bonus minute, we'll just let Chris talk no, 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 about no. anything he wants. Backdraft minute with you doing the commentary of the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never seen Backdraft. There's a lot Ooh. of fire in it. Well, I, I'm assuming so. <laughs> so Thomas never does... Well, he did all the stuff, and then he raided her on, reused all the backdraft music for everything else. <laughs> Stay tuned for Ooh. bonus minutes, Chris Taylor and backdraft as... That'll be the April Fool's thing. The fire. <laughs> the fire. <laughs> I have to remember that voice. It'll be the fire voice. <laughs> oh, come on, fellas, don't trust that Beetlejuice feller. He calls everybody feller, too. And that's just one of his things. Friendly Fire doesn't have a name. He'll have a name by the next episode, I'm sure. <laughs> So, Chris, as the fire, would you like to take us out out today? All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope everybody has a good day and keep warm. (laughs) Until next time, save us some popcorn, and we'll see you soon at the Beetlejuice Minute.